from Los Angeles, California. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. This is a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. For inspiration. It guides my mind to move the way. A lot of people get jealous. They're talking about me. But that's just because they haven't got a thing to say. Have you ever had a great idea for a piece of online content? So what's holding you back? Bloggers, vloggers, and podcasters transmit their voices across oceans and continents every day, empowering individuals, providing opportunities for growth and learning, and creating these really cool new communities of like-minded consumers in cyberspace. And people in these communities are then stepping out of the audience to become content creators themselves, with their own shows, blogs, podcasts, you get the picture, you can do it too. It's this beautiful ecological cycle of give and take. We're all connecting to create and creating to connect. It's a wonderful Ouroboros. So what are the coolest parts of joining the conversations at these virtual water coolers? And what kinds of things do we need to do to launch our voices into that vast internet wilderness? To provide more insight on how the special relationship between online content creators and their audiences has become more influential than ever before, we connected via Skype with entrepreneur, content creator, and technology guru, Dusty Porter. He hosts YouTube Creators Hub and Podcasters Unplugged. When it comes to making your dream a virtual reality, Dusty has far more experience than we do out there in this new frontier. So I'm going to pass the mic and get this thing rolling. Everybody rapping like it's a commercial, acting like life is a big commercial. So this is what I got to say to you all. Be true to yourself and you will never fall. But now I like to pass the mic daughter now, right? I do. Yes. Her name is Macy Olivia Porter, and she is just the best thing on this planet right now to me. She is uh, she's just so sweet. She um. She's a fireball, and I'll tell you that she takes that after her mom. But uh, she is, uh, she's just, oh man, we've had so much fun, and life changes so much um, when you go from not having another human being to be responsible for to actually having a human being to be responsible for, and you have to become so selfless so quick. And uh, there's so much that I'm still learning uh, as as far as being a parent and just wanting to be the best, you know, dad that I can be for her. She's very lucky. Very lucky that you uh, have that as a goal. <laughs> yeah, abso- absolutely. No, it's uh, <clears throat> Kaylin and I, my wife, we've always wanted to have kids since since we were talking about marriage. And uh, when Macy came along, you know, we were planning it and we were it took us a while uh, to, to, to be able to have her. And, and when we did, we knew that we were going to be blessed with uh, with whatever, a boy or a girl. And we found out it was a girl. I was secretly excited because I have always wanted to have a, a little girl, you know, a, of my own. So uh, it's just uh, it's a precious thing. And um, it's, it's just one of life's just miracles. And it's just an amazing experience to go through right now have you found i mean obviously with the time stuff it's got to be a factor but have you found that it's affected the work that you're doing very much very very much so probably more than anything and i would 
I don't really know if there's been a piece of content that I've put out that where I've ad- admitted that, uh, but the, the direct question from you has definitely uh, revealed it to me as far as the type of content that I create now. I feel more passionate about it. I feel more purpose behind what I'm doing as far as you know wanting to create content that changes people's lives, and that's kind of my motto behind everything that I do. And having her here... Uh, you know, in my house every day and and her and I spending time together, me being able to be her dad, it just gives me a different perspective, uh, to be honest with you, when I'm creating content. And I just want to create stuff that she one day will be proud of uh, and something that will further me, not just financially, but uh, professionally and personally. And, you know, there's a lot of habits and things like that 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 I'm trying to do and accomplish now that that never were habits that I was trying to build before she came along. So I definitely think she's been a big influence on the type of of content that I create. And how amazing, uh, Dusty, this is Wendy, you know, how amazing just that you're role modeling uh, for your daughter that meaning, purpose, and passion. Mm -hmm. And even it sounds like before uh, she was born, you set out to create an intention for yourself about just the kind of life that you want, really honoring your gifts and Uh, listening to your heart. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with that blending kind of the heart people along with, um, you know, the, the uh, work or career, you know, or passion. It's a nice thing to be able to do what you love. And then, you know, hopefully the money will come. Every day that I wake up and get to do what I'm doing right now is, um, to me, just such, I'm just so thankful for it, to be honest with you. And Wendy, hello. It's so good to be chatting with you again um, on, on, on your podcast. We get to kind of roll reversal here. Uh, but the just the passion that I have for what I do and, and to know that every day is going to be different and knowing that my personality is just so suited for the type of stuff that I'm doing now and uh, knowing that, you know, a few months ago I was able to, you know, step down from, from my, my usual nine to five job and, and do this full time because of, uh, you know, the financial support that I'm getting now from my community and uh, different things that I'm creating. And one day when she gets old enough to see what I do, and it's kind of a weird place to be in for, for, for my family with Kaylin and I, because uh, with her, my wife, she does a job where she loves, she loves the job that she does, but there's days when she comes home and she talks to me about things, you know, because she's having to, to go into an actual workplace and, and work with other, not that I don't work with other people, but an actual workplace. And she comes home with all of these different, uh, you know, complaints and, and these different, um, hardships that she's having to deal with. And, and every time her and I have those conversations, I, I leave those conversations thinking to myself, you know, I'm just so thankful that I'm able to do something that I care about, that I'm passionate about. Uh, So not only does it provide for my family, but it also provides for my happiness. And and one day when Macy gets old enough to kind of see what I do, I hope she's proud of me. And I hope that she can see what I do and see that what I'm doing is actually making a difference in in people's lives. And I hope one day that's something that she wants to take uh, for herself as well. Absolutely. That global effect is so important. It's a chain reaction. It really is. So I think that that's a great way for us to get into this. And so welcome everybody who's tuning in and listening. Welcome back to the Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. And today we are joined by the talented and prolific podcaster, voiceover artist, entrepreneur, 
YouTube channel guru Dusty Porter. You know what? You you guys you guys make me sound a lot better than I really am. So you know what? I'm gonna have to take that recording and like put it at the top of all of my shows. I am really impressed. Thank you guys for that intro. Hey, welcome. Yeah, welcome. And I just want to tell our listeners just a little bit more about you, just so that they get a little bit of backstory. Um, Dusty is on with us from Atlanta via Skype. Uh, But Dusty has been creating online content for over 10 years, which is amazing. And he's committed to making a difference, helping people realize their visions, as we've just been talking about, and educating them on how to manifest those visions. So it's more than just sort of having these ideas. I love how you really take your work and want to bring out the best in others and help them realize their dreams as you've done so for yourself. Uh, Dusty's YouTube channels and podcasts reach over 100,000 subscribers, so he knows of what he speaks. And recently, as we said before, Wendy was a guest on an episode of, this is one of your newer podcasts, right? Podcasts Unplugged? It is. Podcasters yeah, Podcasters Unplugged, unplugged and uh, it's really starting to take off now. And, you know, as with any podcast, and we'll probably talk about this later in the show, but it's a slow go in the beginning, especially when you're trying to build up that following. You guys know that. But once it takes off, once you get uh, some back episodes in there and the community around that show is is just so tight-knit and it's just so fun. But Podcasters Unplugged had Dr. Wendy over there. It was a great conversation. So yeah, if you yeah. are podcasting or interested in podcasting, I, both Wendy and I really highly recommend you get that in your, in your rotation, your podcast rotation. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You know, also, I think that uh, taking a risk is really important. That This is part of the transition from in real life to cyberspace. Mm-hmm. And I, I think our relationship from Dusty reaching out to me had, you know, we never spoke. We never met. And uh, how did you find me, Dusty? Well, to be honest with you, what I normally do is for that show is I go through all the podcasts and iTunes in different categories and I kind of I listen to a couple episodes while I'm working on something else. And then I I, I pick the ones that I I think would be valuable for my audience. And I I listen to to your show and I thought, you know what, she'd be great to have uh, on Podcasters Unplugged. And I just kind of, you know, the way it works with podcasting is it's, it's really a numbers game and you really have to not be afraid to put yourself out there. You know, like Dr. Wendy, you and I had never talked before, before we got on Skype and, you know, my personality and your personality and uh, Jenny, yours as well. It kind of, it helps with that because we're, we're extroverted people and that we can have communication and conversation with people that we've never met in person before. So you've got to kind of get past that first barrier first. But, you know, once I found you guys on, on Facebook or not Facebook on iTunes and then reached out to you uh, with a, a nice detailed email, you and I touched base and the rest is history. It was so fun. It was really, really, um, again, kind of jumping into cyberspace and staying open. Uh, Obviously, if you want to slow down a little bit of the process, when I got the invitation, I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Googled some information about you, checked out all your social media stuff. And just really the first thing that came to my mind is empowerment. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I saw the beautiful picture of you and your family. And and, uh, you know, a little bit of what you represent and really just living the life that people want to do, really doing what brings them joy. And I think a lot of people just, 
have a hard time believing. I'm I'm a dreamer, and so unless somebody proves me wrong, I'm going to reach outside the box and look for meaning, purpose, and passion for me, for the people that I work with, for my friends, for my family. So I think you have that, you know, the little dreamer part. Yeah, definitely have been accused of being a dreamer more than once in my life, and uh, I have big dreams, and they definitely don't stop with what I'm doing now. But you guys would be amazed at, uh, you know, I speak with probably at least two to five people during the week on Skype uh, for podcasting or other you know, side jobs that I'm doing for my content creation, and almost every one of them comment uh, on the picture I have in Skype, which is just a, a picture that uh, my family, my wife and I and Macy had taken when she was uh, not not a year yet. Uh, but so many people uh, comment on that, and I, I begin to kind of do a little, uh, not really meditating, but thinking on that as to why is that such um, a talking point. Uh, and I, and I begin to realize that it's because people like transparent people. They, they, they like people who can be real. They like people. If you listen to my shows, if you watch my content, you know, I am who I am, not only in my videos and my podcast, but if you're living here with me, my wife can tell you I'm just as crazy and silly and goofy uh, in real life as I am uh, with all of my content. I want to take what, uh, you know, I think God's blessed me with uh, the ability to communicate to large groups and masses of people uh, and hopefully allow them to get the passion and the drive uh, and, and get past those roadblocks to start creating their own content uh, so that way they can start making a difference in, in whatever space they're in. But that family photo is just uh, is such a, uh, a centerfold to what I do in that when people see that, they're like, okay, you know what? This is a, this is a, a younger guy. He's got a family. He's got a little girl. He's either married or that's his girlfriend. And there's so many different talking points around that one picture. And when I made the change from my logo to that picture, it just opened up the conversation when I began to, to call and contact people because that'd be the first thing that they saw. And so that's just a little tidbit of a little freebie there of, you know, if you're reaching out to people, just be real with them, be transparent with them and just let them know who you are. Because for the most part, people are, are going to be they're just they're People are interesting. And it's just so fun to get to know uh, different different types of people. Well, I think we kind of all share that attitude in common. I I find that that's what doing the work that Wendy and I do being a therapist is so fulfilling because people are interesting and they're beautiful and they're flawed and they are resilient and there's so many inspiring things. And yeah, the, the more authentic and present and real one can be, I think the better the quality of one's life because you're hiding less. And uh, I think that's one of these things about content creation in its modern form, whether you're blogging or video blogging, YouTube channel. I, and these are just like the standard, you know, podcasting. I know there are so many different platforms uh, coming up and ways. I, I mean, I'm sure there are rivals to YouTube, Vimeo. I don't I don't know all the, the channels and what's coming up, but there's so many ways for people to put themselves out there and be themselves or an augmented piece of themselves if that's what they want to do, too. So I'm really interested in talking about how people are doing that, what we've seen change, uh, how, how we've seen it affect the culture, um, our culture and where it's going and, and how it's created this new kind of relationship between online content creators and 
their audiences, their listeners, their viewers. So I'm really interested in everybody's general thoughts on that. Yeah. That was for- <laughs> this is what's hard about not yeah. seeing you guys because I don't know who's going next. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I begin I begin to think when uh, when you are speaking about you know the just the the voice that the internet has given everybody you know and my answer to what you said I think you did such an elegant job of kind of speaking as to what what the internet uh, allows us to do but just the voice that it gives everyone to know that there's a young person you know somewhere in Australia who you know all they'll really need is a, a camera and some internet and and they can have a voice and i think that that ability and kind of the place that we're at on the internet gives anybody uh that i guess for them that thought process of i can do anything i want to do and this internet thing is just my avenue it's just the funnel of allowing me to do that uh and having platforms such as YouTube and podcasting and blogging and things like that that are just so easily accessible. And I talk about it in all of my shows of how easily accessible it is to to get into these content creation forms. And I think it's just such an amazing thing that we have right now. And I think we're going to look back at it years from now and realize just how amazing the internet and the invention of of, of that thing was. So Dr. Wendy, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I'm having a little lag on on Skype, so I didn't mean to interrupt you. So I'm going to pass it over to you. Oh no, you know, I, gosh, there's so many layers we can talk about and so many so many paths to the same goal. You know, one thing that comes up for me, I'm curious for both of you is how would you suggest people jump into cyberspace and not worry about judgment? Um, not worry about uh, competition, not worry about what I call literally the audience. you know we we love our audience and yet, not not worrying about them so much that we can't, from our heart, just extend our thoughts, our feelings, you know, conveying what I call our moral compass. So how do you not worry about the audience but embrace the audience, you know, with judgment or competition? Yeah, I, I've found that in the beginning of, of when I was much younger, I know I've been doing this now for over a decade, when I was much younger, it was a lot harder for me to get past what other people said. I think there was a lot of personal growth that was needed for me first uh, to be able to get past that. But if someone's out there and they're thinking about jumping into the wild west that is the internet and content creation, I think one of the biggest thing uh, things that deter people from actually creating content, uh, Dr. Wendy, and you kind of said this uh, before in, in our interview, is just that that barrier of having the thought in the back of their mind that they're going to get ridiculed for this. And, you know, speaking to two therapists uh, here, and, and I'm in no way your guys' space, you, you see this way more than I do, but people just get in their own way. And they, they begin to create these things in their mind that really aren't true. And are there going to be hateful comments on your YouTube videos? Absolutely. There's hateful people in this world. Are there going to be people who give you bad reviews on your podcast or your blog? Absolutely. Because these people, (laughs) these people have nothing better to do. And all I would encourage these creators to do is just 
put yourself out there. And the the beginning of your question, Dr. Wendy, was how would you recommend someone go into cyberspace? For me, I would go guns a blazing and just just do anything and everything you can. And one of my mentors, not actual mentors, because I've never really spoken with him, but through podcast form, uh, is Pat Flynn. Does a great job um, over there with with his podcast, Smart Passive Podcast. And I use his podcast player on my websites. And in a lot of his podcasts, he talks about being everywhere. Uh, and I think that is so important with the amount of social media that's at our hands with YouTube and, and podcasting and blogging. I think the more places we can put our content, the more places we can repurpose our content, the better we're going to be. But getting past that barrier of worrying about being judged or ridiculed for what you do, that's going to be the hardest initial thing for people to do. And once they get past that, once they're swimming in the warm waters that I like I and you guys know that they are – then they'll be able to succeed. But until then, until they get past that wall, it's going to be really hard. And a lot of that's personal, too. That has nothing to do with uh, people on the Internet. If there are people who worry a lot about what people think, they're obviously not going to be apt to create content online because you really are putting yourself out there. It will always be out there. The older videos that I made over seven, eight years ago where you can't understand what I'm saying because I'm talking too fast and you know horrible content, My con- that content's always going to be out there. But it's okay because for me, I see improvement. So that's kind of my answer to that question. I would oh. love to answer your question, but at the moment... The gardeners are right outside my window. So this is part of the messiness, the imperfection that we... I love it. Uh, But one one thing I wanted to just sort of add on to that, because I love everything that you just said, uh, and this is something that I think about with clients and talk to clients about, is also starting out knowing oneself and... Yes, like you said, you can repurpose that content. And I love how you talk about that in your podcasts and your videos and um, how you can really stretch the use of something and and maximize uh, its influence. But I also think that to know where your strengths are and maybe start from that. So if you know you're a good writer and feel comfortable with that maybe you just want to start with a blog and then maybe you then want to add in recording yourself reading the blog and then maybe you know and posting it as a podcast and then maybe when you're more confident you would want to take that and videotape yourself or video videotape nobody uses tape anymore oh my god i'm so old oh my god Uh, but you know that idea that Yes, you can jump in all at once, but you could also take it slowly from wherever your place of strength or confidence is. So, you know, because all three of those are wonderful ways to reach people. And uh, I I, I just think that there's so much potential to go various places and you don't need to be over. Well, if it's overwhelming to think, well, I've got to do it all at once then you can start small. And I love the the idea of detaching from outcome. I'm really big about trying. It's hard for me sometimes, but to detach from outcome. Just, you know, I think this is so, it's so vast. I'm just wondering if we can titrate it down just a little bit to just give a little bullet point you know, kind of map about what if somebody wants to get involved and do a podcast thing? What are like the first three steps 
would you suggest, Dusty, to just, here I have this gift, I love talking about whatever, everything feels overwhelming, mm-hmm. what are the first three things maybe that we can suggest our people do? For, for me, and I actually, when you ask that question, I think it's a fantastic question. For me, the first thing you want to do is to, in your mind and on a piece of paper, you need to write down who is your target audience. What person, uh, you know, it's called, a lot of people on the internet call this an avatar, but what person, type of person is going to listen to your content? So you need to find that out first, because if there isn't a, a person, then no, obviously no one's going to listen to your show, which that rarely ever happens. So make sure you have a target audience. So that would be the first bullet for me. Secondly, you need to kind of do just a checklist in your head as far as, you know, not really anything fancy for equipment, but, you know, you do need a microphone, you need internet, um, you know, some basic simple things like that and then three i would start doing a binge watch session on youtube and on google and go through uh you know a a few videos on you know how to uh set up an rss feed how to uh do just some simple things within the podcasting process because here is my my number one tip on starting a podcast and this for me uh probably over 30 interviews now i've i've really thought this through and this to me is extremely important if you can get yourself prepared before you start doing the work, before you start doing the RSS feed and all of that, if you can understand kind of what you need before you actually start doing it, you're going to be at much less risk of quitting, which is what a lot of people do because they get so frustrated with the, I call it minutia, and I'm from the South. That's what we call it. They get so frustrated with the technical side of, man, I got to have RSS feed. Then I got to distribute it to Google. Then I got to distribute it to iTunes. No, if you just take a few notes, watch a few videos, know who your, know who your target audience is, that process will be so seamless. It will be so, there's so many great people out there. I'm not even promoting myself here. I mean, I I do some of it as well, but you know, John Lee Dumas does a great job. Uh, The guys over at uh, Audacity, the Audacity podcast, there's so many people on the internet who are just so talented and they've done such a great job of sourcing all of that content. It's like you're in a classroom and it takes maybe an hour of your time to go through and understand the logistics of what it is. Understand what a podcast is and, and who your target audience is. And then once you figured that out, that out, Dr. Wendy, you're good to go. You're golden. I just want to say there's no wrong answer. There's no, you you can't be wrong. If you go with your heart and you, you know, put pen to paper mm-hmm. uh, and you just get a clear visual uh, intention you can't be wrong so if you like to work with the a group of seniors you know and that's what brings you joy go for it you know just you know if society says oh uh, a certain cultural aspect uh, isn't you know uh, a popular group it doesn't matter you go with your heart you're not going because of like what jenny said the outcome it's when you're truthful transparent and cherishing what your heart says you can't be wrong so i just looked down at the little message on my yogi tea and it says as you're saying that dr wendy and it says people who love are happy uh so and i think that people who love what they're doing or podcasting about are happy uh so or youtubing about so dusty i understand that you were just out of high school when you started YouTubing. And so I'm wondering what inspired you to start creating content and what were the biggest challenges or, mm. or payoffs in that process yep. for you? 
Absolutely. That's a great question. And for me, when I was just coming out of high school, there was a lot of things personally going on as far as relationships that I was in. And there were some things, obviously, when you're younger, uh, mean a lot more to you and seem like a lot bigger deals than when you look back on uh, when you become older and you have kids of your own, you realize that they're really not as big of a deal as you first thought they were. But uh, my, you know, as Growing up, I, I was always an animated person. Uh, I always loved theater and drama uh, and always loved the ability to express myself through um, just, you know, performing. And, and not that I wanted to be a performer in any way, but I enjoyed the challenge of becoming somebody else and uh, being able to uh, present myself as somebody else and trying to get across a point by uh, by doing you know theater and plays and things like that with church and, and through school and all of that good stuff. So for me, it started at an early age. And then as far as YouTube goes, it's actually a really funny story. Uh, I, I was working a job. I've always done some freelance graphic design work on the side. Uh, all through high school, uh, I created the sports brochures and flyers for a bunch of schools around uh, my area. Uh, and I had some people ask me, you know, can you please show me how to use this software that you use? And I realized there's no way I can get all of these people in the same room. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a little research. I'm going to do a video tutorial on how to do this. So I did the tutorial um, and I put it out on YouTube and sent out the link. And I didn't really think much about it, to be completely honest with you. And then about six months later, I got an email from YouTube and they said, would you like to uh, monetize or become part of our partner program? And I, I didn't really understand why they would be asking me to do that. So I dug a little deeper and, and logged into my YouTube channel and found out that that video that I uploaded had over almost 100,000 views on it already. And, and you know, it's been two years. And so it had a lot of great responses on the comments and the likes and things like that. At that time, YouTube had a different system. So I was like, okay, I sat down. I'm like, there's something to this. I really enjoyed making that video, but didn't think there was any future. And, you know, at the time I hadn't done much research in content creation in YouTube, but once I begin to realize that, okay, I can take something that I'm already good at, I can take my talents that I've already, you know, have here that I've already used and create more tutorial videos. And so I did that. And then somewhere along the way, I began to build a great community over at my YouTube channel. And then as years passed and, and you know, I bec became more of a full-time creator, I began to, to realize, okay, my true passion here is this content creation but really what I want to do is I want to help other people discover their ability to create. And that's kind of where I'm at now. That kind of takes us to present time. So I'm still going to create YouTube videos, still going to create podcasts. But my true passion right now uh, is, and you guys can probably hear this and what I'm saying to answer these questions, is basically to help other people find their voice on these platforms. So then what you're saying is there is plenty of uh, money, plenty of work, plenty of space for everyone to jump in and uh, tap into uh, their dreams uh, emotionally, but also materialistically if they desire to make it an income for them. Uh, that The answer to that question is tough because the the if someone's setting out to create content just to make money, I tell them they need to go find something else to do. Um, because the people who are really going to make the money are the people who are passionate about what they do, and they're going to do it whether they get paid or not. Totally. 
Right. I guess what I'm saying also is there's plenty of space, though, for people to do it, uh, meaning that you're not worried about competition. You're giving these gifts away. And some people would say, oh, my gosh, I don't want to tell anyone how to do any of this because, you know, then they're going to steal my thunder. There's an old Zig Ziglar quote that I, I, I don't want to quote now because if my dad ever listens to this podcast, he would kill me for misquoting <laughs> Zig Ziglar. But it goes uh, along something of the more you give away, the more you will get in return in the long run. And, uh, of course, he says it much more elegantly than I, elegantly there, than I said it. But it's so true. And what I found is the more content – and I know this seems so counterintuitive, right? But the more content that I give away – the more I'm getting back. And and at this point in my career where I am right now, I am talking financially and I am talking personally and professionally. You would be so amazed at just the 30 interviews that I've done on Podcasters Unplugged, you know, just starting that show off. That show is still a baby uh, when it comes to podcast. But the amount of connections and network that I have done with that show for me professionally has been absolutely astounding. And I tell people all the time, to answer your question simply, Dr. Wendy, there is plenty of room for anybody. You think about it. There's people in the space that I am right now, in the podcasting space, like John Lee Dumas, like Michael Hyatt, like these big behemoths of of people who are doing it. And in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, I, I got a little bit of uh, what I call the imposter syndrome, where people uh, you know, think that they can't do something because they don't want to be just like somebody else. But what I always tell people is there is only one you. And you know, John Lee Dumas can do his thing, and Dusty Porter can do his thing, and there is room at the table for both. One of the things that I love about the message that you're constantly sending, too, is just about connecting with other people as you're doing this and and you're if you if you know what you want to convey what your intention is as as Wendy said earlier then you're just going to attract that kind of energy and if you sort of are staying in your own lane and look to other people to grow from and more as colleagues as opposed to competition you know not that competition is always bad sometimes competition can be healthy and, and a good thing. But I, I love how you've really created a community of people who are nurturing one another and supporting one another, uh, as opposed to, again, like trying to hoard, hoard away their little nuggets of talent or truth or ability. <laughs> yeah, the best feeling as a content creator, in my honest opinion, obviously, people are going to have differences of opinion when it comes to this. But I remember a, a story where my wife and I uh, had just had our little girl, Macy, and we went on our first family trip, and we went to uh, Tennessee. It's called Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Gatlinburg, uh, up in uh, the left side of Tennessee, and it's we go there a lot. I, I went there as a kid. So we were traveling out there, and uh, the, the baby and, and Kaylin had gone to sleep, so I was going to check some emails and just do a few uh, odd and end things for work, and I received a, a, a personal tweet from one of the listeners of my YouTube podcast, and it was a man probably in his mid-50s, maybe early 60s. I'm not sure. We've, we've since connected uh, via email and, and Facebook and whatnot. But he recorded a video of himself on his phone. Uh, and he's a country country guy like myself. And, and he said, 
Dusty, I, I just want to let you know that um, I've listened to all of your podcasts and uh, I really appreciate it. And I feel like you're my daily motivation. And I just want to let you know I've started my own YouTube channel. And, you know, in this video, of course, you know, you're hearing uh, chickens crow. You know, you're hearing uh, cows moo. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's the most authentic video that, that you can get. And obviously that's just one of many. But it's, it's things like that where people like him can find their voice and, you know, Wherever people are in their lives, we all want to be heard, whether we are introverted or extroverted. We want to be heard. We want to be listened to. Um, and the Internet and these different platforms are giving us that ability to be heard. So how often does creating online content and being a host of a YouTube channel or a podcast or um, even somebody who might just be writing a blog, how often does that kind of exchange like you had with that uh, with that gentleman turn into a real life connection? Have you met listeners in person mm -hmm. or um, viewers and and started some sort of offline connection? Yeah, Ab absolutely. And my day job uh, before I, I stepped down to do this full time was I worked at a YMCA. I, I ran the sports program since I was a teenager. Uh, and I had a, a gentleman, a younger guy, actually, who uh, watched a bunch of my YouTube videos and uh, heard my voice uh, at the YMCA over the intercom and came up to me and said, do you do you create YouTube videos on, on this and that? And I said, yeah, I, I absolutely I do. And I told him my channel name and he was like, Oh my gosh, I just I just showed my mom one of your videos the other day because we were having a problem with her iPhone and I was like, well, did it help her out? And he was like, yeah, it actually did. Uh, you know, and, and since then he and I, you know, connected on Facebook and we see each other at the gym all the time and we connect and we've worked out together before. And obviously that's few and far between just because of how big of a reach you have uh, online. Obviously, you're, you're talking to people like you guys are on the other side of the country from me right now. Um, but there are a lot of times where personally people do uh, form that bond with you. Uh, and I think for me, that may be one of the most favorite, my favorite things to do as an online content creator is to hear these stories. And probably for me, you know, when, when the young man reached out to me for my YouTube podcast and he was a, he's a, he's a blind, he's just completely blind, can, has no sight at all in, in either eye. Wow. And, uh, he, he creates YouTube vlogs and does a phenomenal job. Um, and he contacted me about helping him out with some YouTube stuff. And he and I got together. I did some YouTube coaching with him. I actually talked to his mother, uh, and, and she let him leave the room and she told me, she said, Dusty, she said, you know, he's rarely happy. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's down a lot on himself and feels that he can't do a lot of things. And, you know, by you, uh, you know, communicating with him via Twitter or whatever it is, you know, it makes him feel special and regardless of how big your show or your YouTube channel is when people comment or and you know when you respond to those people you would be surprised at the uh, the amount of impact you can have on those people regardless of how big you think you are how big of an influence you have but if you are online creating content putting yourself out there the amount of impact that you have uh, for you is going to be a lot bigger than what you think uh, to begin with hey dusty what uh I'm very big into role models, and uh, I'm just so curious who inspired you growing up. Um, mm. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're quoting Zig Ziglar, I love. You know, you talked a little bit about your father. I'm just so curious 
growing up, especially, well, from women, I say make a strong woman list. And for men Mm -hmm. growing up, and I'll do this with 10-year-olds and 15-year-olds and 30-year-olds, you know, people that inspire us, that live life. uh, Mm -hmm. And they could just be aspects like, okay, Steve Martin was really funny, so I he's on my list. Or, um, you know, Obama because he's intelligent or whatever it is. Who were your role models growing up? For for me, uh, for the number one role model for me was definitely uh, and still is she's still alive is, is my grandmother, uh, my my mom's mother. Her and I have always had a special relationship, and I think for me, <clears throat> she really she enabled me to do what I'm doing today. She gave me the belief that I could do it, and uh, that relationship that I had, and always watching her work so hard. And put in so much time and she's from the era of, you know, you know, you work, 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 work. And, and, you know, that's just kind of how that generation is. And just to see her interact with people is just an amazing thing for me to see. So definitely her. And then as far as the men go, obviously, I had a great family. My, my mother and father, I could not have asked for better people. Um, they uh, they raised me right. My sister and I right. And uh, such they're such great people. Uh, but then there's some other uh, men that I, I went to church with and grew up with in church that I, I really wanted to model my life after because I saw the type of impact they had on other people's lives. And, and that's who I want to be. You know, I want to I want to be able to, to impact people's lives. I want to be a, a, a change agent. You know, I want to be a leader. Um, and then as far as people that I don't really know personally, um, you know, there's there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, nobody in particular, but just certain people that I see on Twitter and, and people who are making a name for themselves, they're they're using and I think for me this is key for people that I look at is that they're using their platform for good. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, once you're given a platform, you have a responsibility to utilize that platform to 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 really do good things. And I think for me, and this probably even wraps up any conversation we could ever have, but for me with so much happening in today's world with, um, you know, the racism uh, that's going on and, and, and different things like that, the killings, the shootings, the terrorism, if through my content I can bring a little bit of happiness, a smile to somebody's face and help them move forward and what they're wanting to pursue, that to me is a good day. You know, I will feel accomplished if I can do that. And so I look to people who are doing that already and figuring out what are their habits, what are their, uh, you know, what do they live by? And and so for me, that's kind of, that's who I look up to. Yes, it goes back to that moral compass. And absolutely, you know, Jenny and I always talk about the world is in such pain right now. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, listening to a podcast, how can that inspire me or change me or whatever? But, you know, even just simple as a distraction so that we don't feel and absorb like a sponge the heaviness of how awful things can be in the world, you know, to focus or distract ourselves. You know, so podcasting, it can be extremely influential and inspirational or it can just be a nice distraction in life and set the seed for future passions you know i agree with both of you i think you both said just such important things i mean meaning making very important uh all around generally in my view of the world uh helping others 
But yeah, sometimes helping others can be distracting them and entertaining them. And I know I first got really interested in podcasts so long ago as a listener, as an audience member, through listening to history podcasts. And um, I mean, I'd listen to my favorite NPR shows on podcasts. And then I got into entertainment podcasts. So The Nerdist is one of my favorites and staples and um, in terms of podcasting sort of a model for me um, because and this this comes back to part of what I wanted to talk about the community so I feel like so many people now like you were talking about Dusty don't go to an office anymore and because all of our all of our so much of our content is consumed on a DVR or through a device whenever it's convenient for us. Everybody's not getting home at the same time on the same night to be sure that we're all watching the same show that is the event. So people aren't having those water cooler conversations anymore that they used to have. So, and a lot of what Wendy and I do can be very isolating. You're talking to your clients, but you're not talking to them about, (laughs) so did you see that episode of Stranger Things last night? You know, you're not checking in with them about those everyday things. So who do you talk to? Because you can't talk to your best friend who hasn't gotten around to watching it yet. So going online and finding a podcast where there's some people that I may not know, I don't know where they are talking about it. I feel like I'm having that conversation. I feel like I'm being validated in my experience of it, or they might bring something up that I hadn't thought about. And it does, it offers an entertaining distraction sometimes from the news and the heaviness of what we can sometimes deal with with clients you know we aren't I mean we're not machines we absorb it and you know how do you shake that off sometimes it's nice to tune into something that's fun and light so you know there's podcasts for all kinds of things if if you're interested in food like like you're doing dusty technology and creating things if you're interested in art or music i it's just whatever the sky's the limit yeah i think that that to me is probably one of one of my favorite things about podcast is that my personality is once i find something that i'm interested in at the moment i go crazy i i want to dive so deep into it and and just for example recently I've been trying to, you know, I, I want to form and, and build better habits. So I'm reading a couple of books right now on, on habit building and habit forming uh, different things. And so I'm listening to a lot of podcasts that are uh, about productivity and, and building habits and just the ability to go to the iTunes store. And kind of what you said, uh, Jenny, is that the uh, the ability to go and feel like you're part of the conversation about something that you enjoy uh, and like podcasts like The Nerdist and podcasts like that, which I enjoy as well. And for me, it's technical technology shows, but going in there and being like, oh, yes, I agree, or oh, no, I want to throw this phone down. I don't agree with you at all. What are you talking about? You're so wrong. Uh, you know, that emotion, you know, podcasting does a great job uh, bringing that to the forefront. Dusty, I'm curious about generations. I'm curious. I, I'm uh, pretty obsessed with where people come from, what generation they're in mm. uh, or what they identify with. Uh, you know, you've got the baby boomers, then my generation, Gen X, you've got the millennials, you've got the babies, the Gen Z. Um, what comes to mind when you think of the different generations? I'm wondering, uh, you know, just in, in 
the realm of technology. You know, my dad's 85 and he is FaceTiming and texting and emailing and he is just Mr. iPhone. And then you got my mom who's in her 70s and she doesn't even like to answer her cell phone because it's just too overwhelming. So what do you think about technology and the different generations? Do you see any themes or patterns in different generations? I do. And I see a lot of it in my analytics uh, of my YouTube channel as far as who's watching and, and who's listening. And for me, technology has always been something that I've been so interested in. I love the latest and greatest tech. I mean, that's just that's just part of me. It's something my dad and I have always bonded over. We both like that kind of thing. So for us, that's always there. But when it comes to the generations, you know, I, the, my grandmother, who I was just talking about, you know, a few minutes ago, you know, she she hates hates the computer you know she calls the tv the internet and the internet the tv so i mean you know it's yeah. funny to, to kind of hear different people's opinion but in the analytics that i'm getting from my videos you're seeing younger people come to technology sooner because of how available it is there are even being in the tech space which i'm deep into right now in my in my podcasting and in my youtube channel even being in that space i will sit here and say that we as a society and a community we need to be careful uh with the technology that we have because i am very even at the age that i am which for your audience i'm 29 years old at the age that i am i have seen that the usage of cell phones, uh, iPads have have really taken away the personal connection a lot of times that we have with other people. Absolutely. And I, I think that I'm trying to do things for me personally, like some of these habits that I was just talking about. I want to get in the habit of, you know, when Macy gets old enough to understand, speaking of my daughter, when she gets old, old enough to understand what's going on, I don't want my face to always be stuck in my phone. Um, I want to, and I don't want hers to be either. You know, I think that there's a good balance, but I'm also not on the other end to where, you know, I think technology is going to, you know, it's going to corrupt her and all that. You know, I, I don't believe any of that either, but what I do believe is that we need to find that balance. And I think that we're teetering on the other side of really losing that personal connection with each other because I, I help with teenagers, uh, at, at the church that, that I attend, my wife and I do, uh, high schoolers. And at that age, in between the ages of 14 and 18, I get a real good view of what's going on in the high schools. And every Wednesday night when we go in that room, they're all you know, on Snapchat, they're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, and their faces are stuck in their phones, and they're scrolling up, and they're swiping left, and they're doing all of this and that. There's nothing wrong with that, and I don't want people to think that's what I'm saying, but... On the flip side of that, I think there needs to be times and places where we put those devices down and we get back to the relational. And that's something that even my wife and I are talking about. We've gotten into a bad habit of, you know, uh, utilizing our phones, you know, like in the bedroom or whatever it may be to where it may uh, interfere with our uh, interaction with each other. And that's not a good thing. And I think that we've got to do a better job with that. But overall, I cannot wait for uh, new stuff and virtual reality and all of the cool stuff that we have coming down the pipeline. I think YouTube's going to continue on uh, with uh, releasing new stuff and new features for content creators. Same goes for podcasting. So for me, I look forward to it. But I do think we need to be careful. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that there's everything that you just said is 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 
right on point. I, I think that there's got to be a balance. And I know this is an area of expertise and interest, especially with Wendy, that she does a lot of work with this. We both see it a lot with families and kids and couples, you know, how technology can, like you said, interfere with that interpersonal connection or delay it. Uh, that's a concern for us as well, watching young people grow up and they can work a computer program like a pro at a very young age, but they don't know how to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with an adult looking them in the eye, um, or they're not watching mm. where they're going when they're walking down the street, you know, these kinds yes. of things. And so trying to find our way both as adults uh, and young people, how do we utilize this technology in a way that maximizes its benefit and uh and it's the 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 place in our life that's going to be the most meaningful and useful and minimize where it's going to actually harm our ability to meet people in person you know it's like online dating you know at a certain point you got to go out and really meet that person mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah it's it's about comfort too the, the, the these younger people and even older people at my age you know they've just gotten so comfortable in the instagram and the facebook uh hemisphere in that you know they they live there so much that that's where they feel comfortable they feel like they can say anything and they can type anything and then when they get in these real world conversations and then eventually go on these interviews it's it's very difficult for, for them to go into these interviews and, and you know, dress up and, and wear the appropriate attire, whatever job they're trying to apply for. And then, like you said, look their, their, their you know, future boss in, in the eye and, and hold a conversation because they're so used to just the, uh, the ecosystem of, of typing something and liking something and sharing something. It's, it's, it's very different than, than actual conversation. Well, that's why I'm always mindful of the generations. And uh, I remember one teenager had said to me, my whole self-esteem depends on how many likes I get that day. Yeah. And I have adults who say that sort of thing as well, which is, you know, on some levels, I think on a personal level, a little bit like, whoa, whoa. like from a kid, I guess I understand that a little bit more. And as an older person, I start to think like, really? That's fascinating like, because uh -huh. this hasn't always been there. So what did you measure your self-esteem by before ah. you had a Facebook page, right? Yeah. Technology is really, um, you know, it's what I call 3D therapy because we just, it, it, some therapists do not allow people, you know, to, to bring technology into the world. And... I do because I want to ride that wave of how people use it, when they use it, where the social cues are. And um, I think, you know, even in the corporate world, when they're doing the smart boards or the, the FaceTime, how that looks, how they're connecting or not connecting with the group in, you know, New York and have to take a business meeting. Yeah. I'll, ha I'll see a lot of examples and see people still looking down at their phone, not even connecting with the screen. So, you know, it's a Jenny and I talk about this, too, that years ago we used to teach social cues to, you know, kids or people who had been on the spectrum a little bit, the autism spectrum. And now it's like I'm we're teaching social cues all the time. Just eye contact, shaking hands, a warm greeting, a hug, whatever that is, that that missing, that that really warm 
feeling. And I think we're now seeing that just like the iPhone 10 just or the iPhone just updated some iOS 10 thing and the icons are bigger and they're they're a little bit more 3D, you know, so it's, they're trying to jump into cyberspace with a little bit more feeling, but it's still a struggle for us. Dusty, you had mentioned too uh, virtual reality, which I've seen a lot more about on morning shows and and newspaper articles. I know it's coming and it's coming fast. I know Samsung's got some products that are launching, and I'm sure there's just a whole market about to explode there. How do you think that online content creators might be using virtual reality? to find an audience, connect with an audience in the near future? If you want my honest answer to that question, uh, very little, uh, I think, um, because I think it's going to be a very niche thing. Uh, And the reason why I say that is because I've experienced it. Uh, For me, uh, personally, I enjoy it. If you're a video gamer, uh, you know, I I enjoy my games every now and then. Uh, Since I I had my my daughter, I don't get to play them very much. But, uh, you know, if you're a video gamer, you're definitely going to be uh, very intrigued by uh, virtual reality. So I think that YouTube definitely will go down that path as, as they have with 4K video. Uh, and you're also seeing, I don't know if you guys are noticing, but on YouTube, they're also um, allowing you to upload 360 degree video, which is really neat. Uh, if you have like an iPad or an iPhone, you can actually watch the video and then, you know, tilt the, the iPhone or move it around in, in real time and actually see around the room in 360 degrees. Wow. Um, so cool. It's really it is. Now, I think that's going to grow extremely, extremely big on YouTube. And virtual reality will have the people uh, who find it and watch it, and it will continue to get bigger and bigger. But I still think we're about three to five years out uh, from that tech actually becoming mainstream. Uh, so I think we still have a little while. Do you think that it might be? I don't know. I'm just this just popping into my head. Like I could imagine putting it on, putting on a virtual reality mask or I don't know what they're calling the devices I'm so old uh putting on the 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 ski mask uh and like watching a live event like if I could be in Oprah's audience well Oprah Mm -hmm. doesn't have a show anymore so I could be in the audience for (laughs) the view and actually in real time is that something yeah that's where that's where it's going to be big. I think events like that, sporting events where you're like, you possibly feel like you're actually there. And then unfortunately, like the adult entertainment uh, will will be utilizing this uh, a lot as well. So I think there, there are going to be use cases for it. Uh, and I think we're going to see more and more, but like situations like what you're talking about. And I'll be honest with you, when I tried it out, and I've tried it out multiple times. It is amazing. I mean, you... If you're wearing the right tech and the right hardware and you, you, you pull up like even the one that I did wasn't a video game. It was just an actual it was like a, a walkthrough. You felt like you were on a roller coaster and you're just kind of going through the forest or you're going through like a space launch or something like that. And it's just so the feeling that you get, it's it's freaky, too. I mean, you're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? I, you know, is, is this real life or is this vir- what's going on? But there there's you know, there's so much growth going to happen in that space in the near future that uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Dusty, what about any red flag issues? What would you warn people while they're jumping into cyberspace? Um, I guess be careful who you trust. 
there's so many scams out there uh, that'll tell you, you know, get rich quick, um, you know, get a thousand subscribers by, you know, signing up for this program, uh, get, you know, a hundred million views in a day if you pay twenty nine ninety nine. You know, be careful who you trust. So definitely that there. And then as far as red flags, just make sure you create your own content. Uh, copyright is a real thing. It's a scary thing. Uh, and the more that legislation is b- becoming passed on, uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how versed you guys are with copyright laws, but be very careful as a, as a creator that you're creating your own content because you can get in some legal trouble if you're not careful. So make sure that you are creating your own content, you're doing research, you're finding royalty-free music to use, and you're giving everybody credit for the content that you use in your creation, whatever that may be. And then the last kind of red flag thing that uh, that I would say as far as jumping into to the wild, wild web would be to just make sure that when you put something out there, you're going to be proud of it years from now. Yep. Because what's happening now is, and younger people are, are seeing this, is that they may be putting inappropriate photos online or they, you know, and I'm not here to judge anybody. Everybody has a different uh, beliefs and, and things like that as far as what they do and what they say. But when your Facebook page or your LinkedIn page or your YouTube channel is filled with, uh, you know, the F word and, and just profanity, this profanity laced, and there's nothing wrong with that. We all slip every now and then. But be proud of what you've put out there because eventually it could come back to haunt you. And just know that. Uh, there's always going to be a way for people to find it. You may think that it is untraceable, but people will find what you've created out there. So be careful because it will come back to haunt you. Well, yes, Absolutely. And, and people evolve. And, and I think we're seeing that a lot as even just in politics, I think is the most glaring example is that there are records and recordings of everything. So there's just an accountability and it's fine to evolve and we all change our minds and and believe me i have mad respect for people who believed one thing 5 years ago and have uh, educated themselves and expanded the their minds and opened their hearts and have changed their points of view on things um with new information but uh be thoughtful about what it is that you're putting out we talk to kids about that younger people and adults you know about who are you sending these pictures to don't do this uh right now it seems like you can't imagine that you'll ever uh feel differently than you do in this exact moment but you will we all do Mm -hmm. uh when i look back and i think about the things that were important to me at 16 26 36 and here i am at almost 46 it's very, very different. Uh, mm. So there's also an element of self-compassion and forgiveness for things that are out there that maybe you don't feel really proud of. But again, just try to be as authentically yourself as you can in those moments. And it's less likely to stir up feelings of embarrassment and, and hopefully not shame. Yeah, I agree completely. Any uh, negative experience, any dicey, not so great, uh, overwhelming, traumatic things that happened in cyberspace? Uh, uh, 
you know, one one night I was out with my wife. We were eating supper, and I got an email saying that uh, uh, that my YouTube channel had been hacked. And I remember thinking to myself, who would do such a thing? Who would do such a thing? And uh, to make a long story short, it ended up that I, in one of my tutorial videos, I revealed a password of some sort that allowed somebody to log into my account. And thank goodness they didn't delete anything. But I remember just how traumatic it was, you know, for me and just how careful we need to be with protecting our our logins and uh you know as far as that goes because again like we talked about earlier you know it comes it comes down to this there are bad people out there and they don't care you know they they really don't care about you or your family or the work you've put in um and they will do everything they can do to take you down uh, especially if they're jealous and and i've had some people contact me um you know personally and say some really hurtful things uh, about me and, and that's just part of it you know when you put yourself out there like I do you've got to expect that but yeah. in, until I could get past that it did bother me you know because I wanted everybody to like me that's just my personality I want to please everybody that's just who I am uh, and my wife says that gets me in trouble more than it does help me and she's probably right uh, because you know I, I try to, to make everybody happy and make everybody laugh and I want it to be just a good time for everybody but a lot of times people are going to be jealous and, and they're, they're going to uh, try to, to to be hateful and and to take you down. So as far as negative experiences, nothing too dramatic. Just just things like that. Well, I just think Dusty, thank you so much for spending your time because uh, you first reaching out to me and that was a great opportunity and really fun. And you role modeled for me that again, networking can be you know, in real life or in cyberspace and the possibility of meeting new people and building new business relationships uh, was really terrific. So, uh, you know, to meet someone who has meaning, purpose and passion and giving it away uh, for free where it comes back 110% is just really lovely and uh, I'm I'm really inspired and it makes me want to just reach higher and higher and come up with different ideas and topics but I knew you would be a wonderful guest because you're really living your truth and I believe if people can do that and they can see that uh, and even reach out to you and write you or whatever, um, you know, that they can also do it for themselves. So I, I, I just love having you on. So thank you. Yeah, and I, I just want to thank you guys so much for having me on the show. It's It's been such an honor, and you guys have such a great um, relationship with each other, and, I, and you can tell that um, over the microphone. And just the ability to talk with like-minded individuals about stuff that we all care about it's just so fun. You know, it's like we're just in a room talking with each other about things that we that we care about. And I just want to encourage your your audience and your listeners that if there's something that they've been wanting to get out there, if they've got a voice that they want to be heard, just just do it. You know, just jump out and, and get past that barrier and just do it. Press record. That's what I always tell my audiences, whether it's audio content, video content, just press record and, and get your voice heard because even if you don't think so, there's somebody out there who needs to hear what you have to say. Yep, I agree. Dr. Wendy's Dream Journal. Like every other episode, I'm throwing this out to everybody. You know, people who are keeping journals, dream journals, is there anything that comes to mind that somebody might be able to, to journal about or doodle about or how to 
bring all of this information together or, or maximize its usefulness to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, uh, so for me, um, I love that whether you write your strong woman list, strong man list, or strong, you know, uh, role model list, it doesn't matter, male or female, really get clear on the people that are doing what they love and write the little aspects of what you like, whether it's business or, you know, oh, I love that he does voiceover work or that he's so motivated that he's, you know, putting out content every day, whatever it is, really see it and visualize it. And, uh, you know, it's all about goals and anybody can make them happen. So just to get into your dream journal and uh, list not only the role models, but also I would encourage people because uh, Dusty talked about it today and I want to highlight the breadcrumbs. He had breadcrumbs and he followed it up. I get this visual of a bread basket and picking up a bread you know, come and putting it in the basket. And another one, he said, you know, he got an invitation from YouTube. He just uh, is reading. He is remembering things that family said. Uh, anything and everything that adds to that bread basket, follow, follow it up. You know, he's he's reaching out to cyberspace and saying this person's interesting. He's listening to iTunes. Just follow the breadcrumbs. You can never go wrong if you follow that path. Write down a few things and a few topics that that you're passionate about on a piece of paper and just jot down underneath those topics and those bullet points what your thoughts on you know what your thoughts are about that specific topic and then once you've kind of narrowed it down then kind of break it down into okay what can I what message do I want to share from what I've, I've you know written down here and then just do your due diligence, do your research on the internet because of the free resources that are out there, and then get yourself to a place to where you feel comfortable of putting yourself out there and just do it. You know, just just take what you're passionate about and start talking about it because everybody has a voice. And I feel like I'm just uh, repeating myself, but you know, take take your voice and, and use it, and, and really find your target audience and who you want to hit. Just like what we're doing with this podcast right now, you know. Uh, Dr. Wendy and Jenny, they had a, a great idea and a vision for a podcast, and here we are talking uh, with each other about it, you know, months later, and it's it's the vision has become reality, and just really follow through on something. A lot of times as human beings, we do a bad job of talking. A lot of people are talking. Very few people are doing. Be a doer, not a talker. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is, I feel like we're still just getting started, you know, that these are the early days for us. So I, I loved how at the beginning of our conversation, I mean, I, we were talking about the slow build. You you mentioned about don't focus on how many listeners you're getting right away to really be patient and remember what it is that you're trying to do and why you're doing it. And uh, the only other thing that I would add for the dream journal exercise right now that's coming to mind is make a list of the podcasts that you like to listen to and then why? You know, is it the content? Is it the subject? Is it the person? And if, if this is something that you want to do, really think about like, wow, you know, this person really has a great style of interviewing or a great sense of humor and think about what it is that you can relate to with them or that you would like to emulate 
or learn more about because you know, whether it's technology, you can go and find out a lot of information from from Dusty, but I love Google, I love YouTube, I tell clients all the time when they say, I don't know how to do that, or I can't do this, and it's such an amazing time for us to just be able to go to Google. Google is God to me. You just put in any question, and you are going to find a direction, and and lots of information, and and you can do it all by yourself. Everybody doesn't have to know that you don't know what you don't know. And you can learn at your own pace, as we've been doing here and on my other podcast, just kind of building it slowly. But really, what, the other things that I listen to and people that are sharing what they're doing and how they're doing it are so valuable. And if you keep a list of that, like just listening to your podcasters unplugged, I was pulling over and pulling out my journal and like writing down links and, you know, names of tech, tech to kind of check out, you know, pro- software programs. So, <laughs> I love to hear that. Yeah. I mean, it was really like, oh, that was great. And who was that person again? And then I'd have to remind myself, oh, yeah, he does show notes. So I can go back to the show notes so I can check out that podcast later. And, you know, awesome. just get an idea of what's out there and, you know, check it out. People are always telling me about, oh, you've got to listen to this and you're going to love that. You know, listen and write it down because time is valuable. But... You know, it's awesome. You, you could stumble across something that really blows your mind and changes the course of your future. And you don't need to know anything. If you have a dream, a wish, a thought, a feeling, just jump and try it. You'd, you'd be very surprised. So, And I think it, it, just to end on this note, Dusty's right. It's all about action. So often, even in, in therapy, we'll hear people come up with the most incredible ideas. And the only problem, just like golfing, is your follow through. If you don't follow through, you're not going to hit that ball. And, you know, wonderful ideas come a dime a dozen, but to absolutely use that energy, and it is energy, and it is work at times, you know, passion is great, but that's not enough. You need to push forward and follow through with action, and uh, you're going to change your life, really. I also want to just say something I heard on one of uh, Dusty's interviews. One of the people you were interviewing... um, she was talking about uh, the comparison too and again remember that we we're not all working for NPR it's not going to sound like this american life right off the bat it could you could if you get really lucky and you're really savvy and you've done a lot of prep work beforehand but it doesn't have to and i think audiences are pretty forgiving if you have that vision that meaning that content uh and are able to engage them would you would you agree i would absolutely agree with that yeah that is it's so true what you say and it's one of those things to where you can't think that you're going to be perfect the first go round and as easy as it is to get into content creation right now, that is really not an excuse anymore uh you know the the uh, the whole adage of saying that, well, I can't afford to produce content. You can't really say that anymore. I mean, it's just so inexpensive and so easy to get into. That barrier really isn't there anymore. And one thing as creators we have to understand is that we're, we have to be us and let NPR be NPR. And there's going to be room for both. 
you know, obviously you're not going to garner a million downloads per episode, but they may not be able to build the personal connections that you're able to with your show. So there's perks and benefits of, of both types of shows. Now, don't get me wrong. Would I like to have a million downloads per episode? Absolutely. And I have a goal and a dream to one day that I will get that. But right now, you have to understand that you know you have your voice and everybody else has theirs and just just be satisfied with with your voice absolutely where can everybody find you dusty if people want to oh. look up more information give us all of your contact information man i got so many places right now probably the the, the top one for me right now is youtube creators hub which is my youtube content podcast i interview youtube creators each and every wednesday uh podcasters unplugged which is the show that dr wendy was on i interview podcast hosts each and every monday uh, i've got a new show that i'm working on i've already got it on itunes it's called the online business realm talking about uh basically how to build a business online uh and to kind of escape the nine to five if that's something that you're interested in i plan on interviewing interviewing entrepreneurs, talking about their trips and their journeys uh, online and kind of what they've done. So that's something I'm working on. But basically, YouTube Creators Hub, Podcasters Unplugged, my YouTube channel is called Technology Guru on YouTube. If you're looking for tutorial videos or just to be a part of my community, come on over there, ask me some questions. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. And I think all of the, the links and stuff are going to be posted in this episode. Is that correct? That's right. I'll, I'll have all of his contact information in the show notes, as always. Beautiful. So, yeah, just reach out to me there. And again, ladies, it's been such an honor and a joy to speak with you guys. It's been Thank you, so Dustin. great. So for everybody else, too, you can find us uh, online, as always. You can find me at Jenny with an I. I'm on Twitter at Jenny JV Wilson, Instagram at The Preppy Rebel, and my website is JennyJVWilson.com. Uh, we're on Work Facebook. Yeah, we're on <laughs> Facebook at Jen Jenny J.V. Wilson and Dr. Wendy <laughs> O'Connor and Associates. And you can find Dr. Wendy. YouTube. We got uh, Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. You know where to find us. <laughs> all I care about is for you all to stay open. So subscribe to us on Podbean or iTunes. You can send us your stories, questions, or feedback at relationshipshowla at gmail.com. And that's it for us. And as always, we encourage you to be as authentically yourselves as you can possibly stand. And once again, Wendy, what is it you always say? Stay open. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dusty. Thank you guys Thank so you. much. Thanks Had so, so much, much fun. So great to talk to you. You got to accent to aid the positive and eliminate the negative and latch on to the affirmative, but don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Totally go to and check out Dusty's YouTube channel and his podcasts. There is so much useful information I can't even begin to tell you. They are great. And be sure to check out Dr. Wendy's appearance from August 15th, 2016 on his newest podcast, Podcasters Unplugged. I'll have all the contact information for him in the show notes. So look, we want to keep this conversation going and let us know if there's something you'd love to have us cover or talk about or if there's someone you think would be a great guest for us. Just give us a shout out through our social media or our website or email. If you can go over to iTunes and leave us a review, we would so appreciate it. If you can just pop over there and give us some stars 
that's great too. Anything, it's it's lovely. And thank you so much for listening. We're having a blast doing this. And we really appreciate you being a part of our water cooler conversations. And we'll see you next month. You've been listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. A casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. Dr. Wendy O'Connor and Jenny J.B. Wilson see clients in private practice in Los Angeles, California, and can be found online at www.doctorwendyoconnor.com and www.jenijbwilson.com. For entertainment purposes only, 